Hi, I'm Sadek. And you know, I- I'm trying something different here. <laughs> okay. You know, I. <laughs> what is it? I- I- I'm I'm sick of you telling me these bits don't mean anything. <laughs> so you know what? I'm gonna bring up something a little more more I think meaningful. I'm not rushing through things with games this time. You know. You know, you know, I think we're going to be talking about games later, you know, but I think just to have a little meta conversation first about, you know, three hours a day of a game is probably fine. Two hours and then go do something else, you know, instead of like brushing through a whole campaign, play a little bit of it, say you're done and then go maybe play a different game or do something else. You know, I think I think sometimes rushing through an entire campaign or rushing through an entire thing, it just ends up being more wasteful because you don't really get to experience it as much as if you go in. You know, yeah, especially with games that are like very intense, like you know, like have a lot of combat, uh, like a lot of that need a lot of focus. Like Destiny's, like we're going to talk about the Witch Queen, obviously, in, in a little bit. But the Witch Queen, like that is an intense, like it starts out like pretty intense. Like if that is the that is the intensity of the campaign throughout, I think people are better served just like taking it like slowly right like not rushing through it unless you have to unless you're like a game reviewer in which case that's a, that's a different matter but like if you're not a game reviewer like you don't have to review the game review the the campaign like you know just take it slow because it's it's an intense one it's not meant for you to like it's not designed for you to like rush through it in, in one go uh i'm pretty sure yeah absolutely it's like uh it's like tea you don't chug tea because it'll burn <laughs> I guess yes, that analogy made I mean, more sense in my head. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sure. Uh, you don't, you don't in, indeed do not ch- chug it. Uh, that's that sounds like a bad idea. Also, uh, I'm Christian, and because you um, to actually turn this around to make a to make a silly remark, fuck Elden Ring, fuck from <laughs> software. <laughs> Enjoy your skipped frame. <laughs> Anyways, this is Shades of Brown episode 177, <laughs> where we're going to talk about actual good video game <laughs> Destiny 2: The Witch Queen came out last week. And I am, I'm hyped. And I think uh, okay. to begin with this first, um, I you know actually just to go back to Elden Ring for a minute, I'm actually you know I think I'm gonna buy it, but I'm gonna buy it on a platform where I can get like I think I'm gonna do GeForce Now or something with the refund window. I, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. This is like I'm not trying to like I'm not trying to like you did piss off every FromSoft liker, uh, but uh, FromSoft games always come out. In, in in sort of like sort of a rough state. I mean, so not. I mean, this one has been rougher than the previous. Actually, like this is probably the roughest release since probably like the first Dark Souls PC release. Uh, so if you're planning on playing on PC, you sh- you should be aware that there's a lot of performance problems, specifically uh, a lot of of uh, frame frame r- frame drops because of what appears to be share compilation happening, uh, which is. Which is which is not great. Uh, so if you're and if that affects all PC configuration, it doesn't matter if you have a thirty ninety and an i nine twelve nine hundred K. It doesn't matter. Uh, it it is happening literally on every every machine that can. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm gonna buy it on like GeForce Now, right? So if I don't like it on Steam, I can refund it. You know, because the plan is basically play the first two hours on Steam, and then if I like it, get the Xbox version. Because the Series S version doesn't have the skips and it runs between forty or forty-five to sixty FPS, and I have a G-Sync monitor, so that's within the VRR window, right? So it's not going to be—I mean, it's not going to be great, but it's not going to be as stuttery. Mm-hmm. That's—I think the VRR window is is the interesting question uh, on the there was uh, on PC it doesn't work on console it does though. They Digital Foundry on the Twitter they put out a video feed showing that on Xbox VRR fixes the skips. So at least because there's a shader compilation stuff there. I know I, I like I think 
FromSoft should really be fixing these. There should not like this. I'm I'm not. I don't even care about the settings being a little little wonky. I I just care about the frame rate drops here. Like though that is not acceptable for a game that like a, like Austin said like one of the biggest games to come out this year. Like it is well instead is, of paying George R. R. Martin, they should just pay a tech team and pay their engineers <laughs> more. That's my hot take. But I think we should get back to let's, let's get let's stop get this Elden Ring let, course. Elden we got to stop cor- the Elden Ring course. Oh, God. Okay, that's that's not <laughs> okay. So Elden, uh, so we have Destiny Two, the Witch Queen. Uh, this is Destiny's Destiny Two's. How many expansions? Which number is this? Like, do we know? Okay, we count. We got Destiny One, uh, Curse. Oh, sorry, um, Curtis End, House of Wolves. Taken King, Rise of Iron, Age of Triumphs, Destiny 2, uh, Destiny 2 Curse of Osiris, the worst one, um, Warmind, the best one because Anna Bay, uh, Forsaken, that's 10, uh, Shadowkeep, 11, Beyond Light, 12, 13. Technically, the 13th, uh, like, sort of content drop story. Content, like, big story content. Yeah. Uh, so, like, the last season was a long one, uh, right? Like, that was, like, what, like, six months? Was it six months? Six like, months exactly. Yeah. Piece of delay. Oh my god, that was that was one of like I like I I what I did was I leveled up the battle pass uh, all the way and then I stopped playing. Like there was like nothing to do really. So that's like, fine, actually. You know, yeah. I am gonna fight you on that. I think that having a six month season is fine. No, I, I don't have a problem. Everyone catch up. Yeah, no, no, I don't, I don't everyone a, catch up. I don't have a problem with it. Actually, I think that's fine too. Like it actually gave me time to not be not worry about like you know oh i can't get to all the battle pass stuff in time before the season switches like that's i think that's like six months is it's a long time in video like in a live service video game terms but like for real people who who don't play destiny for a living like uh that's actually pretty pretty like pretty good like a good amount of time to like not as as we were saying earlier not rush through the content uh right and, and actually i think to explain piece some people might not play destiny right and they play other mmos so how destiny works is every three months there's a content drop with like a new gameplay loop um some story missions right and so because they delayed the expansion the last season was um brought out to six months but how it works is with destiny is basically every year is when that content gets removed right so season 13 14 and, and 15 right were the ones from last year so in season 15, all the stuff from the prior seasons was still in the game, so you could still play it. So because of that, even if you really hadn't played Destiny for a while, having a six months period means you can catch up, play the current content, and you know, and not have to rush through. Be it. ready, get ready, like you be 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 prepared for the Witch Queen. Like by the time the Witch Queen comes around, like you'll have had plenty of time to play the previous content, right? So you you everybody's gonna be caught up. Uh, so. I think we need to like like we don't we do need to go get deep into Destiny lore unless you want to, but uh, it's been a while since I've watched that four hour video. Uh, this no, is it's in the game. I mean, it's in the game. You don't need to go and watch the video. It's in the okay. So I mean, some some key important factors here. The witch queen, the queen herself, is Savatun, right? Uh, and Savatun is is who? Savatun is like the one of the. Uh, Brothers, uh, the one of the siblings, Sisters. siblings of so the basically. Uh, so Oryx, right? Is is, is Savatun Oryx's daughter, or is is Oryx her brother? Like which 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 one? Is brother, it? the siblings. Yes, yeah, so Zebu, Wrath, Savathun, and Oryx are siblings. Um, and all you really need to know is Savathun is the one that since the Taken King, right? So since the Taken King and Rise of Iron, 
So outside of the initial Destiny 2 campaign, but for um, Forsaken, Onwards, and some of the other events, has basically been pulling the strings in the background. So now she's, like, revealing herself to be the villain she is. Uh, so so Samathun has been, like, in the background sort of plotting away. I think the last season story was sort of setting her up, setting the whole, like, arc up of, like, Samathun, like, being released. Uh, and like Osiris, like how she was impersonating Osiris, which is like the most weirdest shit, to be honest. Uh, what is the big re- like? Uh, how, like I think we we need like a place where we want to talk about spoilers before. Uh, Should we do it right now? Um, I can put a spoiler marker right here if you want to just jump into it. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Okay. So let's get into it. I think the big, uh, big sort of spoiler i guess is i mean it's 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 been hinted at is is it's not really a spoiler right like the whole hive having light thing right like the hive having light thing was announced in trailers and stuff for for the well i mean how far i mean do you i know you haven't beaten the campaign yet so do you care if i just go for it and explain what's in the campaign then because that's not the spoiler okay so the spoiler actually is the Traveler chose the Hive before it chose humanity to make them Guardians. The Hive are the original Guardians, and Savathun actually did get killed by Mara and came back to life because the Traveler brought her back as a Guardian. That's the actual spoiler there, right? Like, that's the reveal. That's? Holy shit. That's? So, oh, planet's boy. called Fundament. So, this is all in the... This is from the Destiny lore video, right? Yeah, the Hive world. But they put this in the game, right? Like, there's, this is not in the lore books. This is cutscenes. So, basically... It's not that Savathun, like, played the Traveler. It's that the Traveler's been playing us, is essentially the reveal. Oh, this is oh, this is good. I like this. This is very good. Because there's a new character. Well, it's not new, actually. This character was introduced in Destiny 1 in lore books, but now they're finally putting it into the game, which is why I'm saying it's like, EA, it's in the fucking game now, right? <laughs> like, it's in the game now. But the Witness is the person who's been leading all the Darkness Pyramid ships. And basically... The Witness didn't want the Hive to become Guardians, so the Witness played Savathun and Oryx and Zivu Raph to become like the gods they are now. That's the reveal of this entire campaign. Interesting. So uh, uh, the Witness got me- into, like mentioned, like we need to find out like, like the mystery right now is like who the fuck is the Witness, right? Uh, so that is interesting. Like the, like the Traveler actually being a sh- bad guy is like the, like the twist. I, I like. I'm not surprised, actually, like that much. To be honest, I mean, it's been hinted, right? It's been hinted at it by like that. Like what? The- well, and we've the witness has already been in the game, right? So it's also revealed too. You remember in Shadowkeep when you beat the main campaign and like your guardian talks to you? That's the witness. Like the witness was just pretending to be you. So they've already been in the game, but that's from from Shadowkeep. There, I so, see. Okay. Okay. Really, with regards to a lore perspective, it's that the story of this campaign is setting up essentially that. The Witness and the Traveler don't give a fuck about anything else. They just w- are fighting each other, right? And we're collateral damage. That's really the the thing. Oh, I see. I see. I see. So, like, okay. So, okay. So, the Traveler and the Witness are in in a battle with each other, and we are just sort of pawns in the in the, in the wider schemes, right? So that is that. Sure. Uh, I that, okay. That 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 makes that. Uh, and the campaign does set up one more mystery, too. And I think this is what the seasonal content is going to explore, like, going throughout the year. Because basically, the Witness did come to Earth around the collapse, right? Like, from Destiny 1. The Witness and the Traveler are fighting, but something stopped it, right? No one knows what it is. And okay. no one knows what that something is. 
So as soon as you beat the campaign, there's a new there's a new um, like mini quest line of Mara, right? A bunch of cutscenes and all that. And that's what I'm working on right now, where you're trying to figure out what exactly stopped the witness and the traveler the last time this happened. Because in theory, the fallen, right? Fallen were guardians, and then the witness came, and the traveler sacrificed all the fallen, killing the majority of them, and left the solar system. That didn't happen with humanity. Something stopped it. And that's what they're trying to figure out right now. What stopped the Traveler and the Witness from, like, just using humanity as collateral damage the last time this happened? Okay, that is, that is interesting. Like, that is actually, like, a, like I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of expected, but not, still a, still a bit of a surprise, right? Like, the, like the way this was done, like, the, the Savatun like being upon herself is the most, is the funniest shit to me, because Savatun is supposed to be, like, the queen of, malice uh, and like deceive like like she's just like the deceiver right like she's supposed to be like this cunning character that's supposed to play everybody like she's always hiding her true motives and like you know like why the fuck is her throne world here like why the fuck is she letting us into her throne world right uh and stuff like that so i'm i'm looking forward to playing more of the like i'm not too far into it i've done like the first couple missions uh i'm waiting to get up to uh, power level fourteen twenty. Uh, very, very ridiculous numbers. You really, really need to lower those. honest, it's getting out but of man, uh, there, there's one cutscene though that I'm excited for you to see because it's when Zavala finds that out, right? Oh, I, that's gonna be good. Bless, good. B- bless Zavala's voice actor. Oh my god, I'm forgetting his name. Oh my god, not Lance, is it? No, it's not Lance Ruddick, is it? It's um, oh my fucking god, who plays Zavala again? Is it Lance Ruddick? I think it's um, either way, <laughs> yeah. He's in Horizon Zero Dawn as it's well. It's Lance um, Reddick. It is Lance There we go. Yes. So, like, him losing his shit being like, wait, the Traveler's been playing us is so good to see. Because, like... It's, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Because Zavala is like the Traveler's stand, right? Like, he's always yeah. like... He's always like, oh, He's we like, must. light is good. And Zavala's just like, you know, fuck this. It's just like, he's like, I'm fucking done with it. And it's it's good, though. It's good story writing. And what I, I think... And now, now that we mentioned spoilers, though, I think... I just want to mention something very important, which is a lot of this stuff draws from prior lore books, right? Like I mentioned, this is the stuff in like, you say you have to go online to read it back in the Destiny 1 days, right? And the thing is, they put this into the game. There are cutscenes now explaining this like very deep lore stuff. You, you, the, the lore books here are just extra flavor now. It's just everything you need to know about this story, about this campaign is put into the game, which you might be thinking, isn't that what campaigns do? Not in Destiny Land. <laughs> Not in Destiny. <laughs> that's, 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 so for people not familiar, the reason we're like talking about this in such an excited way is that for, for, for in Destiny 1 uh, and for a long time in Destiny 2, like a lot of the lore stuff was in, uh, like, in lore books that nobody really read. And it was all there. Like there was a lot of written lore uh, for Destiny. Like the Destiny world is quite, like there's a lot of fucking lore there. And it's just not, that wasn't explained to you in the game, and there were no cutscenes that would explain all all this fucking like the lore about the lore about the fundamental right, like the the Osmium King, the sort of like the three. You had to go online during the Taken King campaign. You, you had to open your web browser, right, to read this lore that is basically a lot of the fundamental understanding of where this campaign comes from, and that's why I'm so happy. Like for. I mean, I was sort of like, oh, well, none of this is new, but still, it's good for people, especially newer players, right, to have it reiterated in the campaigns, in the in the voice lines on what's going on here. And 
I think this goes to a next point, though, that it goes to a better point of about labor. And I know it's kind of weird that I'm going from story spoilers to labor, but hear me out. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Witch okay. Queen is, go. I think, one of the most fun, like one of the brightest signs you can point to of how management can change a game holistically, right? Because this is the first game under first expansion fully ran by Destiny's new game director. Oh, that's true. Okay. Yeah. So this is, and this is, play from a combat perspective, from a story pacing perspective, because I just beat it earlier this morning, finished the main campaign. This seems like it is a Destiny, or I would say a video game campaign done from people who really like first person shooters, but also fuck with MMOs. Whereas in the past, to me, it's always felt like Destiny has been people who are MMO players first, but also like playing shooters on the side. You know what uh, I mean? I see what he mean. I see what he mean. Okay. Okay. Because, yeah. This campaign, it's a fucking video game, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. Like, for example, every you know, like they've done new things in a campaign for story structure where you go into a mission, you get your objective, you do it, and then you have like a little place you can throw it on a rally banner, and that always signifies there's a boss battle about to happen or something's about to happen. And on top of that, they are checkpoints. Every time you get one of those, they're checkpoints as in you can turn off your game console or quit out of the game, reopen it, and come back right there. And you might be thinking to yourself, that's basic video game. Not in Destiny, right? Destiny's always been more of the MMO style where it's like you go into the mission. It's an, it's an event. Like, it's a whole, like the whole thing is like there's no checkpointing inside the event. It's like the whole thing is an right. event. So- and from a quest design perspective, in prior campaigns, they've always made the story campaigns like also repeatable content right like i can't speak to final fantasy 14 because i don't play that game but i played a little bit of wow but like right you do a story quest line and then there's the dungeon you do to wrap it up and that dungeon is also part of the replayable dungeon playlist right that's how destiny used to do it this now it's just a eight it's a it's a straight campaign you can replay the levels if you'd like but they're not made in a way that they can also become matchmade activities after the fact right they are just a campaign with a straightforward way to go through it and i don't think that's a bad thing so speaking of video game shit like we want to talk about sort of the difficulty thing that you're doing with the, this with the Witch Queen, the the classic mode and the legendary mode, right? Like the, like the two different uh, difficulty toggles that they have. Like when you start the Witch Queen, it will ask you if you want to play classic or if you want to play legendary, right? Can you like explain like the differences? Like this is the first time, as far as I'm aware, that Destiny has. Well, Destiny done- won the original campaign at a legendary mode, but or, but it really was just. That was it. Was a hot mess. This, we we don't have time to explain that. Um, Jesus, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, but with regards to with regards to this legendary campaign, essentially the benefits are outside of a being a harder, you know, more difficult experience, you get higher rewards, right? Like you are gifted if you beat the campaign on legendary of end level gear, right? End game level gear, you get a free set of end game level gear by beating the campaign on legendary. So it's useful for people who want to like you know grind up and go to end game. And honestly, I think it's a good, I think it's a fun challenge. So I played half the campaign on Legendary, and then it started to beat, it started to hand my ass to me. So I just switched back to Classic. And the thing about Legendary is they, they did the thing that is, it is hard, but it is not kicking your ass and just disrespectful, right? So I think the thing, I think the, uh, a way to sort of point this out is there's a new enemy type called the, the Hive Guardians, right? Lightbearer Hive. And they can do the same super moves that you can, right? When you're fighting them. But the thing is, even on Legendary, 
they are not like the Marauder in Doom Eternal or the Warden in Halo in Halo Five, right? They are actually good enemies. That yes, they'll kick your ass if you're not being careful, but but it's never unfair, right? Nothing about Legendary mode ever feels unfair because every time you die, I'm like, oh, I was just standing in the middle. I didn't get cover, right? I didn't, you know, duck out. Like I, you could see your failures on when you play Legendary. Right. So uh, this this is this is one of those things where like when I say like difficult games. The like difficulty in games is like tricky balance because it's like you want to make it harder in a sense that the player has to actually understand, like respect the mechanics. Like they can be sloppy, right? Like it, like a hard mode should reward being precise and being careful and being like understanding the mechanics and implementing the mechanics, right? And not it's, it shouldn't just be about the enemies being having like a gazillion ton more health or whatever right like or or more defenses or whatever like more enemies or whatever like that is my sort of take is that like this is like a good difficulty mode from what i've heard so far is that it is it's actually like respectful to you like it's it's actually like and you could get rewards on like i don't know if i want to do the legendary mode to be honest i'm not particularly like this destiny being a difficult game does not really interest me in the same way i guess well that's why nothing's gated right with it it's just it just helps you get the end game better so that's i mean which is i think that's the i think they they hit it out of the park right like i think the two difficulty modes here are what you'd want the regular mode does get challenging but it's not ever anything it's not like, yeah like it, it is challenging because i'm come getting back to it and I haven't played destiny in a while and i like i keep forgetting you know those uh those new enemies the moths the moths that explode I keep like honestly, I keep forgetting about them, and they like explode in my face and kill me or something like that. Like that's that's just that's me though. That's not really like that's not really unfair. It's just like I'm I'm being a little bit careless and, and I die a little. But it's not like so terrible. Anything. Right, right. And and I think something else I'd want to bring up here with regards to the campaign and how it's a switch. I think from an MMO first mindset to an FPS first mindset is there's um. I don't know. Once again, I don't play Final Fantasy fourteen. So as much as I want to talk shit about it, I just don't have the knowledge to talk shit about it. So please email me um, at, at contact at twoshadesbrown.com if Final Fantasy XIV is full of these quests, because I am interested in knowing. But in MMOs, I call basically like there's a kind of quest genre, collecting, taking things, right? Where essentially you have to take count of how many kills to progress, take count of how many things to collect to progress, right? Destiny loved that. So for example, in Forsaken, in order to get to the Dreaming City, you had to like kill hundreds of certain enemy type do certain moves and it's it's i objectively think that is the worst quest design you could put in the game it is just padding but the thing is though right there is none of that in here there is none of that in witch queen so you 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 expressed earlier that you need to get to 1420 lights to be ready for the nukes um the next mission for people who don't play destiny that just means you need to just power up more but the way you do that in witch queen is there are alternative things to do during the quest campaign, right? You can be in the seasonal content. You can play other game modes, right? Just playing the game will get you there. It is not something where you need to do specific grindy quests. You need to do collect-a-thons. And I am so happy, and I hope that they do not, that this is a, they are no longer in Destiny because, in like, wow, it's just padding, right? It's like, oh, kill 10 of these things. It is the, it is the worst quest design. This is this is one of those things. I, I know you mentioned FF14 earlier. I played a little bit of FF14, not not a lot, uh, but a lot of these collectathon style quests were there in the in the in in FF14, and they are just extremely 
tiresome. Like, they're just boring. Like, they're not interesting, right? Like, and in Destiny, they weren't interesting either. Like, they were still boring, right? So, I... But at least with Destiny, right, the shooting was fun. Because then this is, once again, we're, we're dunking on MMOs here, but it's... I, I, I'm just of the opinion, especially after playing Witch Queen on... Man, FF14 style, wow, MMOs are so out of date. I know it's more difficult to do this from a game design perspective, and that's why people don't. But the next time someone makes like a third-person MMO, it should have the combat of a game like The Witcher. I know it's very hard to do that, but honestly, Destiny could pull it off of a first-person shooter mechanic. Someone should really just make an MMO that has like an active combat system, right? Like if Square took the time and they have enough money to pay people to do this, so it is a time thing to make like Final Fantasy XIV's combat loop be like Final Fantasy VII Remake, I feel like that would be an infinitely more fun game to play, right? Oh my god. Oh my god. It would be I would actually be playing FF14 because I'm like I swear to god, FF14, the thing that turned me off was really the mechanics. And the mechanics are just don't get interesting until you're like extremely high level. Like I and, and the grind to get to high level is so long because FF14 has been out for so long. There's so much content that you have to like sort of slog with your way through to get to the interesting stuff. Bro, it's it's only sixty hours before it gets good. Come on, man. Oh, it's only sixty hours. Jesus Christ. Uh, and it's probably not just sixty hours. It's actually probably longer at this point. Uh. But yeah, like I, I, I just don't think. I mean, MMOs are MMORPGs have not been my thing for. This is like the meme. Like this is like the Pagacat meme. It's just like Sadik doesn't like MMORPGs. Uh, it's like he's continuously talking about them. Uh, like I tried WoW. I tried Guild Wars two. I tried. Uh, I, I tried FF fourteen, and none of them. Because the core combat is yeah, boring. It's, it's boring. It's one, two, three, four, five, yes, six, click. Exactly. One, two, three, four, five, I, yeah. six, click. Like I, just, I <laughs> if Bungie can do it, but and Bungie was independent before Sony bought them, right? Yeah. It is not. Yeah. This is not a studio that you know is owned by like Microsoft or someone who can fund it. Yeah. They are now, but not before. Yeah. Then I, someone can make an MMO with it, and you know there might be less combat types, right? Like Destiny yeah. only has three classes for a reason because game balancing it is hard. It's hard. But I don't think anyone would be upset if you like made a game like Final Fantasy fourteen with like three, four classes maybe, mm-hmm. but a far more active combat system. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of classes, uh, I think we need to talk about Void 3.0, which is one of the big uh, big announcements. About not announcements, big like features of uh, Witch, the Witch Queen is, is a reworking of the Void su- Void class and, and its subclasses, right? So it got, especially if you have played... Uh, if you play the last season, you have, you're aware of the the stasis uh, edition, right? And so they essentially just reworked Void to be like stasis, the way you sort of unlock. Uh, though you, you have like fragments, right? You have different grenade abilities. Like the way you handle that is more like is, is more like the stasis system now than it is the Void. Uh, that it was the old like the solar and arc system that are in there right now. Uh, so how are you feeling about the Void? So with regards to the subclass changes, once again, a primer for people who maybe have not played Destiny, how it used to work is there's different classes, right? You pick one and there's predefined skill paths. So the change is here is instead of doing predefined skill paths, you can build your own. So you can pick the grenades you want. You can pick the moves you want, the abilities you want. And they they added more, right? Where some might give you a really good combat advantage, but might slow down your character, right? So there's like trade-offs with your different builds. I think they nailed it out the park. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. I think the only... The only thing you, 
the only thing you have to like switch between is like different supers, right? Like the so you have different supers like the Night Stalker, right? And like the different I forget what the names for these supers are the the void- like the the tether, the um the one that's where you can like go invisible and attack people. Yeah, so there, it's 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 good. I think the one thing is that there is it's not like build crafting right now is a little um complex i think the game should, should can do a better job at explaining how you configure it while, while i don't think games should be full tutorials i think for this there should be like an optional you know more in-depth tutorial that explains really what optimal configurations could be because right now it just gives you all these options and there's not you know there's youtube channels for it so i mean hey content creators are eaten but there's not really an in-game way right of knowing what's ideal yeah, I think that's the thing. I like, I know how the system works because I've I've sort of like you know been playing with Stasis for so I I sort of understand how you tweak the system to your benefit, right? But like if you're a new newish player or you're like not like really familiar with the in depth of the Stasis mechanics before, like it's a little bit like overwhelming to just have like this thrown at you. Be like, hey, the system's like the void is now like this. So you know, like it's it's a little bit. Yeah, it's it's not. Explain as well as it should be, but I mean, to be fair to the game, the UI for it is like fairly simple. Like it does have like the stat increases like mentioned right in the UI. It's not particularly hidden, but you know, like it'll still be better to have right. That. But the game in general for new players never explains what stats means, right? It's like so it does. It's clear about telling you what the numbers change, but I think there's not a um, not a real not quantification but sort of like uh impact yeah sort of explanation of what the numbers yeah no, like what does resilience mean like actually and, like, and what, what is what 50 does... resilience versus 100 resilience in like practical terms right exactly exactly that like, what's the difference between that like what is what, what like what kind of build are you looking for right like what does mobility mean what what does recovery mean do you do you want to go for recovery or do you go for resilience and the answer is usually you want to go for recovery personally uh recovery is is a way better start to improve than resilience in my personal opinion uh so like it's and, it's and the stats differ from if you're playing uh hunter versus titan versus warlock right like you're it depends on the other the the, 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 the the only the super super is the only thing that's the same uh or different i mean so yeah actually that's that's a part of void three is now you can use warlock specific moves or titan specific moves so it's just the super. So that's what that's like. For example, there used to be grenades that are warlock only. You can use them now as a hunter. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So I was, I was, I haven't actually looked too deep into the void three thing. So that's okay. That makes sense. That's that's good. That's good to have that sort of flexibility. Uh, and I hope they rework arc and solar as well uh, in the future. Yeah, that's what okay. they said. They're gonna. Yeah, they say you do it throughout the year. They're just wanting to take feedback from this first right before jumping into it, which I think is fair. I think it's fair to just, you know, make sure that you don't mess up those other ones. But all in all, I think that is good. And outside of that, I think the weapon crafting is the next thing, right? Have you have you messed around with weapon crafting yet? Uh, not a lot. A little bit. I've, I've always, like, crafting is always one of those things. Like, I think, uh, I mean, Destiny has so many systems already. So it, it feels like uh, here comes another system that I need to care about a little bit. So I'm not, like, fully engaged with it. I'm still focused on, the, on like, the main campaign stuff. But, like seems seems interesting like i don't know uh, crafting systems are like whatever to me so I, I, like how are you feeling about it i think it i think it it fixes a lot of complaints the community has about the overall loot pool as they call it right because 
Bungie said that there's going to be um, high-end perks, right, that you can only get from high-end activities. So even if weapon crafting, right, there might be a specific weapon that's really good that only will drop from a raid, and they're not going to put it into the crafting system because, uh, you know, then okay, that, that, yeah, you right, right, want to play the raid for yeah, it. Right, but right, to get a good sense, yeah. baseline weapon, though, you can now pick the perks. So it's such a weapon crafting, right? You can pick a gun design. You can pick if it's a hand cannon, pulse rifle, pick the perks, and then build that weapon, and then upgrade it afterwards. So overall, I think it's pretty ex- simple because... Uh, so does this does this basically almost entirely remove the whole thing about getting a good roll on a weapon like for a drop right outside of endgame gear yeah because you can you can make your own good roll if you want right right okay so that's interesting actually okay because one of those aspects of destiny that I've never really particularly gotten into is like the whole aspect of getting multiple rolls on your weapon. That just seems like grinding to me. Like, and I think I'm glad that they're glad that they have essentially reworked that into like the crafting system. Yeah, I mean, there's still random drops, of course, because it's a it's a it's a, it's a you know the most style game, but. There's more agency to the player now on what kind of weapon builds you want. Because if you want a gun with a certain role and it's on endgame gun, well, just go ahead and make it. Yeah. Yeah. And so there is like some new resources associated with that, right? Like there is like, I, I forgot what those are called. Like, But yeah, there's a new currency for it. But the way you get this currency is by dismantling re- weapons, right? So you basically just dismantle the weapon you don't like. You get currency and then you can put it into to build a new one. So I think it basically just gates you from like, you know, just continuously spamming random ro- guns, right? So it's like it's just to slow it down a little bit, I guess. But it's it's really not that big of a concern unless you're trying to like. Yeah, no, no, it's not. Yeah, it doesn't seem to. Be, it seems to be better thought out. I, like I am glad that they're sort of fixed, sort of reworking these sort of long, like longish, like thing mechanics that have been in the game for a long time, sort of that are not actually that good, but like the community has just sort of rolled with it, like you know. The, so you know, uh, I'm glad that they're. Well, this is this is their response to. Um, to the fact that they remember sunsetting because they removed sunsetting, this is their alternative. Because this lets them control what perks are in the game, right? This lets them con- control, like, so if they accidentally put in like a super OP gun, they can just remove it from the weapon crafting thing, right? So that's that's the alternative uh, for sunsetting is just crafting. I see, I see. Okay, get some game design uh, magic going on over here. Yeah, that makes uh, that, that makes because people got really upset about sunsetting. Oh, I I know, I know. I, I I don't even visit the Destiny subreddit, and I haven't for a long time. But I could feel like you know, like like the heat coming off the Destiny subreddit. Um, and I know some people stopped playing Destiny because they were really upset with sunsetting and just stopped. Like they were like fuck this about you know like which fair I guess but I mean well they still they still are going to do Destiny vaulting of content which is I think is a whole other thing for people who don't play Destiny basically they will like uh, for example the Forsaken campaign got removed and the idea is to not make the game too bloated and I personally think that's fine but I know some people are like I paid for the content I I want it to be able to access it which I understand yeah that is that is i i want i i'm I'm also sympathetic to people who are like hey i i I pay for this this is stuff you paid for so and this is always gonna be a problem where i think be, uh, removing for balancing game design priorities versus like player sort of you know like finance and like sort of people entitled being entitled to content that they paid for right like that is a difficult balance for a game that is continuously changing uh live service game and and i like it's 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 gonna be a difficult uh, like 
Uh, like it's like it's always going to be difficult to have these discussions about like we'll, we'll go I paid for that so why can't I play that campaign right? like that's never going to be as I mean but you never have the discussion though right that Destiny takes sixty hours before it gets good like at least we don't have that problem <laughs> so right <laughs> that's true that, that's the that's upside true. but I the mean, downside yeah, that's, that's ups- that, that's uh, yeah that's that's the upside so I guess what I would yeah. say is if you are someone who thinks you're going to get into Destiny when you buy an expansion just think you're paying for a year of the game not that you're paying for that content. Like that, I would the way the way that I think about it is like I paid so I paid a hundred because I bought the oh, deluxe edition yeah, plus sure. thirty anniversary you stuff. Of course, you but did. that's like, but that's for yeah. a year of the game, and that's, that's how, true. You know, that's true. I I did not buy the deluxe edition. I actually did uh, buy the base base of the base version, which is still like fifty dollars. It's not like it's not like it's not thirty dollars. Like it's a, it's a fifty dollar expansion. Right? You buy you're paying fifty dollars for it. Uh, and the the deluxe edition gets you like the season passes, right? Like the season, like the seasonal. Uh, oh yeah, for the entire year of seasonal content. Okay, that's that's sure. Uh, Plus the Bungie thirtieth anniversary stuff. So yeah, okay, technically, which, I, which I which I actually technically did spend like because I did buy the anniversary stuff and I didn't really play. I, paid. I mean, it's still in the game. It, I know it's it, the, so I, I, it doesn't really bother me to be honest. At this point, if spending money on Destiny is like is like. Uh, I don't know, like going outside and eating food. Like it's, it's, it's whatever. Like I, I don't really mind throwing a little bit of money into destiny. Uh, I get my money's worth for like what it is. Uh, so I'm not complaining about that. Uh, so either, if you, if you don't have anything else, uh, uh, I think, uh, maybe just to wrap it up, just some, just some final notes to wrap this up before I move on. Cause then we're going a little bit long with this, this bit. But, um, what I would say with Witch Queen is that I think this is the healthiest expansion the games had i think that they bungie said like in their you know official like uh press releases and stuff that they wanted to build a good shooter campaign and not a good destiny expansion and now that it beat the main campaign while it is like six to nine nice hours it's also you know this is developed within a year so it's never going to be like a full 30 hour 20 hour doom style campaign but the campaign never was disrespectful of my time and the pacing was great throughout and so i I think it is the healthiest the game's been. I think this is a very good campaign. I think the changes they made to the game modes are great. I think the seasonal content's great. And so I think Destiny right now, um, sorry, Final Fantasy fourteen nerds, it is the best MMO you can get into just because of the, I mean, it's free to play, you know, free 20, uh, unlimited. Did you know Final Fantasy fourteen had an unlimited trial? They added it back. <laughs> but, it's, but it is free to play to get into. So honestly, please, please play Destiny. It's a good game. Um, don't 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 play Doom Eternal because the the Marauder's bad. <laughs> but yeah, that's but that's that's the God. Witch Queen. Let's not get into that. That's that's yeah. I just I I'm I'm also like yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to like actually going through the camp. It's been a it's been a long time since I played. Uh, I mean, not a long time actually. Halo Infinite's campaign was actually like that a lot. So it's not actually been a long time since I played a campaign like a shooter campaign that's like that was decent uh, or pretty good. Uh, so I'm looking forward to making my way through Witch Queen. Uh, so let's get into uh, some hardware. Uh, we have uh, Samsung hardware to talk about. Um, so I think we like alluded to this in the last episode where we we did the Nintendo stuff is like the we were waiting on the reviews to come out. So uh, Samsung S twenty two and the Samsung S twenty two Ultra, right? Uh, so we have two two flagship devices here. I okay, so like I don't know, like if, is, does this feel reductive to say that this is just like an 
iterative update on the on the Samsung high end phones. Like it's not particularly mind blowing. Uh, they seem to they seem to be fine. And the only thing to note is like the Galaxy S twenty two Ultra is the is the replacement for the Note line of phones. Like and that's the one I think I want to talk about because it's it's more interesting than the than the base s22 phones right uh, yeah we can so. like if we just power through the regular s22 right now i think the thing we want to say is it is a good android phone it has uh, a screen a processor it's the default option right it's it's the default screen. <laughs> i love how you like it has a screen <laughs> like <laughs> yes. it, it, it's the default option right like you would not be disappointed buying that phone it's like buying an iphone 13 you know, it it works. It um, actually has four years of software support now, so good on Samsung for even one up in Google. So that is actually gets four years of software support. Like the, it still has ads. Still has ads in the UI, which I will always find out is no. They removed them. Uh not everywhere. Uh, it's they're still there. There are little bits, a uh, little bit of ads in there. Uh you still get ads for. Uh, I remember the review. I think on the Vergecast uh, about this S twenty two Ultra. Allison got like an ad to buy an S22 on her S22 Ultra. Which well, is- I mean, those are just like promotional ads. I mean, so what I would say, they're not as bad as the banner ads. So Apple does the same thing, though. You get like, you know, you ever gotten the ad, the App Store, Apple Arcade ad before? Like Apple does the same thing. So I'm not saying they're good, though, but it is it is better than it was. And so I would just say this is fine. You know, it's the probably the, the Sam's it's the Android phone. Everyone's going to buy these two, right? If you don't want an iPhone, you're going to get the S22 or the 22 Ultra. Um, the Qualcomm um, Snapdragon 8C Gen 1, whatever it's called, that um, runs hot, runs hot. Samsung really, uh, Samsung really should switch to TMSMC because, uh, or no, I mean, sorry, Qualcomm should switch to TSMC for this because apparently the yields from Samsung's five nanometer, seven nanometer node is really bad and it's kind of hot. But outside of that, you know, it's fine. It's a phone. It'll play Genshin Impact. It'll, it'll, you know, send, it'll send your nudes to people. It'll, it'll use your RCSs. You know, it's, it, it's boring. <laughs> it's boring. It's, it's a, so I think we're, I mean, we have been in this sort of cycle of phone, like smartphones are in a place where like it's very small iterations at this point. It's small improvements on camera features, on, on, on processors, uh, on, on video video capture and stuff like that. Like it's, it's very, very like if you, if you have a galaxy phone from last year, like you don't need to upgrade, like bro, like that's, it's fine. Like it's, it's like, it's, it's like even, even two years, if you have a phone that's two years old at this point, like it's still fine. Like it's, it's one of those things where like the smartphone technology is not improving at the same rate. It, it did when it was new, right? Like when, when the first smartphones were coming out, like it was every year was like a huge jump, which is a good thing though. That's a good thing. I think. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's, it's actually good. So I, the ultra is the, is, is the one that you get. If you are the kind of person that is really into using an S that's, that's what I'm going to say. I'm, that, no, absolutely. I'm going to, I'm going to rescind. I used to always say, people know i used to always say this is the drip phone not this year this is no longer there is actually utility outside of drip no there is utility outside of drip on this phone yeah so so what is the utility dex obviously okay so uh <laughs> oh god here we go okay uh, again this is the bingo card section of the podcast uh <laughs> fucking dex uh, okay, so Dex for people who for, who 
are new to this podcast, in which case I'm sorry and welcome. Uh, Dex is the meme. Is Dex is Samsung's uh, convergence, like phone desktop convergence feature, which is uh, like you plug in the phone into a monitor and it goes into like uh into this like keyboard mouse yeah now it looks like a desktop environment keyboard mouse like a desktop mode desktop mode which they call dex uh samsung dex as far as i know there has not been particularly any iteration on dex as a feature it would be oh my friend you are incorrect you are incorrect dex has got some updates so dex now sort of looks like the chrome os desktop which is not a bad thing i think it's not a bad thing and Full Windows support, um, you know, and I would say nowadays with, while Android tablet apps are not great, Chrome on Android has gotten very good. And especially with these newer phones with the amount of RAM they have, you can run full-blown web apps on this, right? Like, I'm not saying you're going to run Photoshop, you know, desktop Photoshop, but I, I would argue a Samsung phone with DeX is as useful as having a Chromebook, which you might think is, well, that's not that useful, but this also fits in your pocket. So so this is, I think there's utility in that. And now I'm, so I am a deck stan. I think everyone knows that. I am. <laughs> you are the, I mean, it's so weird. Like you're like, I, I, I guess, I guess I understand why you are a fan because I, the idea of like a phone. Because continuum on Windows phone. Continuum, then, fucking continuum. Uh, like the, I know, I, I get, I get why this is appealing to you. Like the idea of a phone, like a device that fits in your pocket. Like you plug it into a monitor and all of a sudden, you plug in a, you can plug in a keyboard, you can plug in a mouse. It turns, it converts, like it con- converts into the idea of a convertible is always attractive, right? Like, like this is, this is why like those like two in one laptops are always like such a like, like, like cool idea in, in, in theory, but in practice, it seems to be a little bit more. Like it seems to be like when you try to convert from one into other, you don't, you end up not doing the desktop stuff particularly well. But I have no experience with Dex as a software experience, so I can't really comment on like if it's good or not. So, uh. just looking at it in, in the Note Twenty Two Ultra, I think this is it's good enough for office work, is how I see it. You know, and with basic office work, right? You know, Excel, email, that. But you know, for a lot of people, that's all you need a computer for. You know what I mean? For a lot of people, that's all you need a computer for. And getting the Note Twenty Two Ultra. Plus a monitor, like a you know 1080p whatever monitor, you know 24 inch, 27 inch monitor, keyboard and mouse, probably cheaper than buying a Chromebook plus an S22 regular, you know, unless you're buying like a bon- you know bargain bin 200 dollar Chromebook. Sure. Uh, so, I my question is, do you care about the S Pen? Like, is the S Pen a feature that you actually like, or are you like not an S Pen person? Like, do you care about stylus stuff? So, with uh, regards to the S Pen, it's one of those things that. Um, I'm happy it exists. It's not for me, but I'm happy. Like, I understand the utility and the value in it, and I am happy that it exists. It's sort of like the, I think it's like the, uh, it's like on the, on the PC side. It's like, it's like water cooling, you know, like those AIOs. Like, I- I'm glad it exists. It serves a purpose for someone, but I'd be frightened to put that into a computer. <laughs> that's, um, uh, that's fair. I, I, I agree with that. Like, to be honest, like, I know some people who, like, or rather, I like, I'm like, I know there are people who are really into the S Pen, like, to use their phone as their like, like their I want to like one of the basically like the primary computer, right? And when when your phone is your primary computer, I feel like having an additional like input method like the S Pen is is like 
just like vastly, like vastly increases the utility of the device because t- touch input is all, can only do so much, right? And, and having the the feedback from the pen, right? Like do, do take notes, right? To have take notes and have that turn into digital text is like is like converted into like into text is like a, like a massively useful feature, right? Like for a lot of people, so. Uh, this is the replacement for the note. Samsung is no longer doing the note line, right? So this is the, if you are the kind of person... Oh, pa- can we pause for a moment? Sorry, I'm getting a notice on my computer. BB Edit's using five gigabytes of RAM. I need to solve this before something crashes. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you here. What the fuck? BB, why is BB Edit using this much RAM? Holy shit. Sorry, let me, let me close out of this super quick before... Let me just close out of some processes and, and make sure this goes away before this podcast dies. Let me let me just secure the recording. <laughs> I didn't. Sorry, I don't. I actually didn't mean to interrupt either. I just. I no, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I I just randomly got an out of RAM error, and I'm like, excuse me. Okay, okay. Are you? Let's let's uh let's let's lower this RAM count. I am. Geez, this is this is troubleshooting in the real. I'm just I'm just I'm quitting out of everything but Discord and Audio Hijack and my web browser. That's just to make sure. You know what the thing is too. I have no text documents open in BB Edit. How am I running out of RAM right now? Or is that a memory leak problem? Yeah, why is like is there like a mem is there a memory leak bug in BB Edit? Which would be very surprising because BB Edit is 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 famously like a very rock solid piece of software. Like like BB Edit is one of those classic Mac Mac apps. Uh, Okay, okay, I was able to lower my RAM uses by ten gigabytes. So we good. Okay, good. Sorry, you can (laughs) go back to you go back talking about the Dota. I'm sorry. I feel like it's it's like a bigger card, like uh, like a bigger card that doesn't come up too often. Is like running a, out of RAM, running out of RAM, <laughs> and the podcast crashing. Uh, but we're good, we are good. BB Edit, you know, has been uh, has been taken care of for some reason. BB Edit is is using a lot of RAM. Oh, yeah, uh, this is why you should keep Task Manager or Activity Monitor open in the background, kids. Just keep a window open perpetually in the background. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so. Is there anything else we want to talk about the S22 Ultra before before we How much RAM does it have? Do, can it can it handle 5 gigabytes I, of PB edit? I don't know actually. I think it comes to 12. It has okay. 12 gigabytes okay. of RAM, which I think is actually a downgrade from last year, but I mean you don't need more than 12 gigabytes of yeah, RAM on a and, phone. And this is one of those things like I'm like on a phone I don't like on on a desktop PC where I I do stuff like run a, a desktop web browser with a gazillion tabs or Run a bunch of like run video games on it. I care about RAM, but on a on a phone, I like I'm I've never been the kind of person to even when I when I used to use Android, like RAM wasn't like the thing I cared about to be honest. Uh, so no, RAM, right? Uh, I think the one thing we want to talk about though is the cameras on it because there's something I always like about the Samsung phones is the um, telephotos. They have the uh, what's it called? Not parachute, para para fuck. What do you mean? Like, what do you try to? What do you try to? Periscope is it a periscope lens? They have a periscope lens. There you go. So it does the, it does the space zoom right? But the thing is about it, even though the space zoom hundred zoom is a gimmick, like doing five ten x zoom is really really sharp on it because of that. Like it seems to be like like Samsung really seems to be into this sort of telephoto angle of the of the, of the, the higher end phones seem to have like telephoto lenses like a as like sort of a like a gimmick, I guess. Uh, I don't think it's a gimmick. I think it's I think there's utility in it. And it seems to be pretty good. It's I mean it's 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 getting better. Like the hundred X zoom is definitely a gimmick. That's like like you're not getting it to get hundred X on, on a lens. But twenty zoom, ten zoom being useful, I think there's a lot of cases for that, right? You know, uh um, Sure. In in cities like you're taking like long like like you know, stuff like trying to take photos of like 
like they're using a town phone for whatever. Yeah, whatever like, like say for example, you're trying to catch a photo of an officer, you know, a couple feet away, and what they're doing on their phone. Oh, uh, just uh, a very, sack. very, very practical example. It's a, that's very good. <laughs> on Shades of Brown, we give practical examples of. of okay, I'll give you a practical example. Let's say you're down. Um, you know, you're you're trying to get to um your your favorite poutine place, right? <laughs> or you're trying to get to, you know your favorite um. <laughs> okay. Yeah, your favorite. You're trying to get some jerk chicken in Toronto. And next thing you know, the white supremacists are doing another blockade. So here's what you do. Shame them with the Zoom lens. Uh, they should, Samsung should make an ad. <laughs> like, shame, yes, them, shame, them, <laughs> shame them with the Zoom. Now, that's an ad campaign that Samsung would never air, but, you know, like, uh, you can do it. So is this, does this come in, like, colors? Or is it just black and white? Or is it, like, like is it only one color? Like actually, I, I oh, let's go to Samsung.com and find out. Oh, that's let's find that's, this out in real yeah, time. Yeah, like I don't know if it's in the Verge review, like, but I didn't see anything about colors, and then Allison didn't mention anything in her review about. So while I'm pulling up colors, I do want to mention that this phone apparently supports. Um, it apparently supports 45 watt charging, but it actually doesn't do anything if you use a 45 watt charger versus like a 30. Oh yeah, that was a that was a yeah, it's, it's in article the show notes. About yeah. That. Uh, uh, so it it does come in four colors. Uh, there is uh, like a is that a pink? It's like a not a pink. That's they call it red. Uh, oh, burgundy. They call it burgundy. There is uh, a phantom black uh, and phantom white and green. But if you buy on Samsung.com, there are three exclusive colors that are only available on Samsung.com. Why is <laughs> Oh, that brown looks really nice. That brown. Have you, are you looking at a picture of it right yeah. now? You mean the burgundy? The burgundy. That brown. The, yeah. The is that the brown? The burgundy is that the brown? No, there's a. Okay, let me. I'm gonna give you the link. I should be at, like the graphite color. Like I'm on. I'm on Samsung.com. Go ahead and open that up, and we'll check through the photos there. It's on the stunning Meeks exclusive. Gross. Only available at Samsung.com. Hero image. There's the black, the blue, and then like this brownish sort of copper color. Oh, you mean like the? It's. It's like red. Oh, it's it, called it, red. It's, it is it, called, it's red. called red. It's called red. Yeah, Listen. so no, no, that's fine. That's fine. This, this is dumb. This is this is silly though. Like, why is there colors that are exclusive to Samsung.com? Like, what? Why is that a thing that exists? Like, what? Why? Like, but why? Like, like, why is red, sky blue, and graphite like? Uh, apparently, Samsung.com exclusive colors need special production, so they're not. I see. So they're not. So they're 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 trying to like. Also, if you order from Samsung.com, you technically get the storage upgrade for quote unquote free. So like basically, it's cheaper to get the 256 versus the 128 than if you went to a carrier store, which is weird. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. I mean, I like the green and I like the burgundy too. Like that burgundy looks pretty nice, to be honest. Like color wise, like I would like the sky blue. Is it a little too light for me? I prefer my my like phone blues to be darker. You know, like the uh, the iPhone blue that was for the what is it twelve twelve? You know, like the deep, not the dark blue, but like the deepish blue, right? No, that's the color I prefer. Right. Also, I just went to try and fake buy this phone. I just want to mention, um, if you do a trade in through Samsung, if you do not send in your trade in device or it does not meet the eligibility requirements, Samsung reserves the right to remotely disable your new Samsung product. What? Excuse? Usually, what happens if other companies like Apple, right, is they, 
And they just charge you for it, which makes sense. Remotely disabling the product. Jesus fucking Christ. That's, uh, that's, that sounds, oh, that's not good. I don't like that. And, and trade and and listener, like if you if you're like, why why is that bad? It's like, well, trade in procedures can fail all the time. Like actually, they're not hundred percent guaranteed to work because for because they're usually handled by people and people make mistakes. Uh, so you know, if if somebody at Samsung's intake place makes a mistake. And all of a sudden, you're locked out of your brand new Galaxy phone. Uh, that's that's not Jesus. I get is, I get nine hundred dollars off for trading in my iPhone. Holy shit! That's that's actually quite a bit. Actually, that's quite significant. Literally, it's three hundred fifty bucks for me to buy this phone. Oh my god, Jesus Christ! Am I moving back to Android? No, no, you're not. Just let's just not even go down that. <laughs> like you're not switching to Android. I feel like one of these days you're just gonna like message me on Telegram, and be like. Hey, I I bought a Galaxy phone and I'm switching to and I switched to Android. I'm just gonna be like, yep, that happened. Uh, Actually, how much would they give me for a folding phone? Oh Hold on a minute. God. Let's. What, Why should, are we doing this? Why are we doing? Okay, this? well, you know what? Speaking about things that no one should buy, let's talk about the Steam Deck. <laughs> yes. Um. So, uh, the, the the review embargo for for Steam Deck uh, is up. So, and everybody. Everybody's reviews are up. Uh, so there is the Ars Technica review. Uh, there is the Verge review. I, there is, I think, Digital Foundry also had a review. Uh, and there is a Gamers Nexus, our favorite favorite YouTube channel, uh, also had a review. So in in sort of in consensus, the consensus seemed to be that while the the hardware for the for the device, the Steam Deck, is is pretty good. Uh, the software is not so much. Uh, the software appears to be in progress and is what I would call beta software or early access software. Uh, so if you are if you are interested in the Steam Deck and you're not the kind of person that you know sometimes messes around with Linux for for reasons whatever for whatever reason, this is not the device for you. Like I'm just gonna say this right now is that if you're not the kind of person who when upon launching a PC game on your custom PC build, you don't mess with all the settings. This 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 machine isn't for you. Like I'm just saying this up front. Like this is not even trying. I'm not trying to insult anybody. Like this is if you're not that kind of person. Like this device is not made for you. Like this iteration of the like Steam Deck is 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 not for you. It's 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 for a class of user that is fine with beta testing uh, software. Uh, and if that is not you, then I would. Well, basically, I think I think of an easier way to actually determine this. All right, so here's what I would say: if you do not know how to make um, Jedit or get it, however it's pronounced, edit a um, f- root owned G edit. Okay, if you do not know how to make G edit open and save a file owned by the root user, this is not for you. Oh my god, that's such a that's such a like. That's such an example that I feel like it's it's it our audience <laughs> our audience is like of course you 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 know how of course modifying system files with, with gedit super easy you just change the permission or open it in root you know, pseudo gedit the file you got tenant from actually I don't think you should do that but you should that's not totally how probably I, I mean you could do it it's not, <laughs> I, used I, mean, to, I used to just do pseudo gedit the file in terminal and then just save it that way I mean at that point I probably should have used nano but okay so. So let's let's be clear. But still, if you're not comfortable with that, this is a Linux ass Linux computer. 
It is. It's. It is. Uh, so let's get into that. Like so, this de- this device runs uh, a version of uh, like a customized version of Arch Linux. Uh, so technically, if you do buy this, you become an Arch Linux user with all that entails, uh, which means you can. You know, actually, wait, wait. If it's Arch Linux, it's this is always going to be in beta. Because Arch Linux doesn't test their packages before releasing it to rolling. I'm kidding. Okay, I'm no, I mean, that's no, 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 that's not quite. I mean, I mean, yes, but let's do, do for people who don't, who don't. I mean, our audience knows. I mean, our audience is a bunch of Linux users. Let's be fair. Uh, no, no offense to any of uh, I love y'all, but like, uh, like I like Valve has its own like you know like they're managing their repositories and like stuff like that they're, they're doing some management on their end so it's not like a it's not like an arch linux desktop in the sense that you if you would install it on your own machine like on a, on a pc or so uh i before like uh we want to talk i mentioned the hardware real quick to put things into context uh set like this is a switch size device uh, no it is not a switch size device it is a a little it's a bit it's a bit it's a little bit bigger it's not quite like it's it's about the same class. An entire switch, an entire switch can fit between the joysticks of this device. It is quite a bit bigger. It's a switch class device. It's a bit. It's bigger, but it's not. It's not that much bigger. You know what I'm trying to say? It's like in the same class of of size. Is is what I'm trying. To, it's not quite form factor. I think is the word. That's true. Okay, use. that's true. Yeah. That form factor is, is a better word. It is in the same form factor as as a uh, Nintendo Switch. So a seven inch, uh, sixty hertz. Uh, 1280 by 800, which is the resolution I haven't seen in a long ass time, by the way. Uh, 1280 by 800, uh, IPS screen with 400 nits of brightness. Uh, we have a custom, I, as far as I know, this is a custom CPU, a four core, eight thread AMD Zen 2, uh, CPU with, uh, eight core AMD RDNA 2 graphics with one, one gigabyte of video, video RAM. Uh, 16 gigabytes of LPDDR5 RAM, uh, which eight gigabytes of which is accessible by the uh by the Zen 2, uh, by the by the RDNA 2 GPU basically. So it's like integrated. Like it's just the way integrated GPUs work for people who know. It's an APU. It's, it's I an mean, APU. it's the iGPU, right? Like it's the iGPU, and it shares. Uh, it uses the system RAM. Uh, storage, uh, storage depends on which one you get. So if you go for the base model, which you, honestly, you, sh- I would, I would recommend against it because it, the base model is 64 gigabytes of EMMC storage. And, but you can upgrade it, right? And this is what we go back to. This is for people who are like into Linux. So honestly, it's one screw. It's one screw to get to that M.2 drive, right? Yeah, it's true. That's true. It's true. You can, you can, you can, you can unscrew it and then replace it. You know, like put in a put in a better drive in there. Uh, but but if you don't want to do that, just be aware. If you do buy the base model, you are getting sixty four gigabytes of shitty EMMC storage, and games will probably run faster off of the SD card. <laughs> it probably will. Yeah, honestly, if you get a decent SD card, like the game would probably run better off the SD card. But if you do upgrade, you get. Uh, at $530, you get a 256 gigabyte of NVMe SSD. Or if you go for the highest end uh, SKU, which is 512 gigabytes of NVMe SSD for $650. Uh, personally, I would recommend going with the NVMe SSD just 
just as like I just don't like EMMC, bro. Like I, I know that I know they have EMMC model to get the base price down, but like I just like I don't think anybody should be using EMMC to be honest. Uh, just my person. Well, I mean, at least it's Linux though, and Linux can at least run. Like I mean. An- so when we say EMMC, I would say don't use Android as your point of reference. But like, if you've ever put Debian on like a shit Chromebook of EMMC, it's usable. Like, I'm not saying it's the fastest thing, but it's not going to have like the kind of just random lag you get with, with, with um, Windows, especially because it's LPDDR5 RAM. So at least the RAM's fast, right? So only if anything ever swaps or like needs to be read off a disk, that's when oh, don't, things don't, don't, go. You to... don't want to, yeah, you don't want to swap like on EMMC. That's. That's that's where yeah that's where things get bad. Uh, so the battery, which we will get into a little bit, the battery is forty one hour. Uh, you have as far as IO goes, you have a USB C port with uh, USB I forget USB three point two Gen two data. Uh, Display port one point four video out and USB C power delivery charger. Uh, for if for people who are keeping up with us, that means that the USB C port does data, display port, and power. So you know uh, there that is the one that's the port you use to charge the device and also to also to connect USB devices to. And so if you want to connect multiple USB devices, there's only one USB C port. So you want to buy a dock, right? You know, you're gonna have to buy a dock. If you want to? Yeah, you can buy a dock for it, or it's like a USB C hub. You know, all that works. Fine. Yeah, USB C hub, right? Uh, and the, the networking wise, there is dual band Wi-Fi five, two by two MIMO, uh, Bluetooth five point and uh, also a UHS one micro SD card reader. Uh, we mentioned the SD card earlier, so you can. Oh, I should mention too. Unlike the Switch, this probably will have decent Wi-Fi and actually able to do gigabit Ethernet. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Actually, that's a, that's a good question. I don't know if anybody's benchmark uh, with gigabit Ethernet. To see. Please give it to Ryan on ours, right? Or is it not Ryan? Jim, give it to Jim. <laughs> Somebody benchmark the Wi-Fi and compare this against the Switch, you know? Like, you know, like, just do it. Just do it. Do it for us. Uh, 3.5 millimeter headphone jack for, for audio. Uh, weight-wise, uh, 1.47 pounds, which is 669 grams. Uh, it, is, it is heavier than the Switch, right? Uh, that means that I pull up. Let me pull up the switch specs here for a moment. Um, while you while you go through stuff, I'll get the I'll get the weight in a minute. Just keep going through the specs for the sort of dimensions of the physical device, like eleven point seven by four point six by one point nine. That's in inches. Uh, so as you can probably tell, that is a wide ass device. It's, it's it. switch is nine point four inches long. Okay, so it is it is wide, and also the switch weight too. I should say. Um, so the switch light is point six one pounds. Sorry, did you say it's in ounces or did you say it in pounds when you're going through the, the Steam Deck? Uh, so one point four seven pounds. Yeah, so it's pounds. So literally, it's uh, three times the switch light. The regular switch is point eight eight pounds, and the uh, switch light or switch OLED. Why is the OLED heavier? It's point nine three pounds. I mean, it's probably this OLED display is probably... Dang, that's a thick OLED. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's probably the OLED that's that's getting into the way. But yeah, so it is a heavy a, a device that is heavier and wider than the Switch, right? So as we as as you mentioned, like the there's a lot of controllers, like the bezels on the like this left and right, like those are like the way the controller buttons sit. Uh, there's a lot of like it's wide. It's a very wide device, so. And it's a heavy device. So if keep that in mind if you wanna like, you know, play this like audio hands, like using your using your hands like carrying it around, like that is it's gonna be a concern, you know, sort of for 
for however much you can get the battery to last, like it's a concern because it's heavier. Uh, I feel like this is going to have the exact opposite. So I think me and you always complain about how the Joy-Cons are too small. I feel like this is a little bit too big, just based off the dimensions. It's like the Joy-Cons are too <laughs> Yeah, so there is, uh, there is a D-pad. There are two joysticks uh, on each end, left and right. There is face buttons, B, uh, A, B, X, Y, you know, typical face buttons. And there's also one of those, what are they called? Like, not trackpads. They're what are the is, is is what is the like name for them? They're like you're the one who had the steam controller, isn't it like the touch surface? I it's it's a touch surface. Yes, I forgot. Uh, there are yeah, the triggers and face buttons. They call them like I mean no not face, but there's tri- the analog joysticks, triggers on the back, triggers on the top, right? Face buttons. There's four rear grip buttons, and and those and vir- like the virtual track trackpad basically they call it a trackpad honestly trackpad is probably the best name for it uh that that if you're familiar with the steam controller then you're familiar with what that is and you can, you can if you look at the pictures you'll know what it is i i don't know that i feel like they kind of overdid the control stuff do, do, do you think they overdid it like i feel like adding i see why i did might have added the trackpad you know for for the for the mouse yeah some games just don't have controller support right so at least you can the mouse does that game don't have controller support okay i see okay now it does so i guess my question about that touchpad though is um i guess two questions one how much dust is on your steam controller right now i uh, that's a great question and that's a the actual real question you should be asked where is my steam controller right now which i, <laughs> I do not know i'm pretty sure somebody threw it away at some point like i i'm pretty oh, sure it's not no, the e-waste i i don't know where it is if it's somewhere i don't I, I, it might be in one of those like you know junk drawer junk boxes that i have where stuff is just like collecting dust but i i do not know where the steam controller is i was never Never a fan With that, of that. I mean, how like the touch surfaces though on it? I know, you, I know I you're not a fan of it, but how are they? I it's been so like I barely used it. Like I bought it, but I never like I used it. I uh, used it a little bit, and I was like, I, this is not. I don't like. This. So I, I I never used it again. Uh, so I can't I can't really tell you if it's like a good thing or. I know there are there are people who really really like the stream controller who prefer it. Uh, who for ergonomic reasons and comfort reasons, which is fair, uh, like controllers are always like you know very subjective. People have different different needs when it comes to controllers. So you know, I, I know a lot of people really like the Steam controller. And one of the things about Steam and Steam OS and sort of like the big picture mode stuff is that Steam uh, is very good with controllers. There's a lot of controller profiles, uh, and there is custom a lot of customizable. You make it. You can make custom. Key by key profile, key binding profiles essentially. Like you can have custom profiles for different games, right? You can have different controls for different games, and you can bind control. You can bind controllers. And the other thing is all like basically all X input controllers work with it. So if you have a if you have an Xbox controller, like you can use this, like you can use that. If you have like uh, Stadia controller, even the Stadia even the controller Stadia, and Amazon Luna, they yeah, both they work, both yeah. work. Yeah. So the, as long as it's an X input device, even though those fighting game sticks also like those also work. Uh, so like if you have any of those, is those bro, will, those will work, bro? This is a terrible idea. But you could hook up a racing wheel to it. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I mean, that would be a really that's a really weird idea because like where like where would he? Um, I I can see some ways you can play it. I mean, playing a racing game on this seems like uh, uh, it's. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Forza will. I mean, I mean Forza runs at sixty. 
probably. <laughs> I mean, you, you got to lower on low, probably. I mean, it'll be fine, but like, yeah, you, you could. That's theoretically, you could do a lot of things. That's the thing about this device. This device is extremely like the software is. It, it's a fucking Linux machine. It can run Linux software. It's a computer. It's a. It's a computer. <laughs> It's like, what's a computer? Um, this is not the Vergecast. We can't go into that. Uh, but so there is uh, something called desktop mode. If you hold the power button, you go into the KDE desktop that is installed on this, uh, which means that you can run emulators. You can install and run emulators. This would, this would be a pretty good little portable emulation machine, right? Like if you want to. Well, I think it's something I want to point out to you about this, right? Is. For for a device that's so resource constrained, why are they running something so heavy as KDE? KDE is not as I mean, they probably stripped it down, and KDE can be stripped down to just like the basic GUI parts, uh, and that is not particularly heavy, to be honest. My my hot take is that LXDE should have been on. Oh my god! I, if you if you're if you're doing this, if you're doing this part of the bingo card, uh, XFC XFace, as people like to, some people like to pronounce. Okay, okay, no, no. If we're gonna go down this path. Tell me, on a 7-inch screen, do you fucking want to use Dolphin? I don't want to use Dolphin. No one should use Dolphin. <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, I mean, nobody should be using LXD or XFC on it. This is not a screen where those desktop uh, paradigms really work that well, right? Like, this is not a device with a mouse and keyboard by default. So, like, all about, like none of those are good. Like, I saw, like, on the, in the Gamers Nexus video, the review of it, uh, Patrick using using like the KDE desktop and it's ve- like very finicky with like the uh, with like the with like with like with like the touch controls right like and you know what would actually be good on this our good forgotten friend Unity <laughs> Unity <laughs> Unity OS Unity <laughs> Real, no 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 hear me out hear me out not. Not the 11.04 version of Unity, the um, 3D accelerated one. 10.10, it was only, they didn't have compositing for it. That Unity, I'm not even joking, would actually be, actually be fire. I don't know which uh, Linux OS has, Linux D desktop environment has good touch support. Probably QT, like KDE, probably. It's, yeah, it's KDE. Because KDE has KDE Touch. Um, I mean, there's like some third party stuff, and I'm sure people will email us about it. But oh, does this mean you can like use this with KDE Connect? I know KDE Connect is like some weird shit. Like you can like have notifications on your Linux phone and connect that to your desktop and shit like that. I don't know. I, I, I'm not, I'm having to use desktop Linux in literally like probably like five, six years, seven years, 10 years. Um, so. This is a Linux machine, which all that entails is that you can do a lot of sh- shit with it. Like this is the ultimate gadget for for just it's just a gadget, bro. It's 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 like calling it a game video game console feels like you know like that's not quite what it is, and I don't think anybody who is buying the early for like who's who's who has a pre order in right now is also thinking of this as like a video game console console. Like this is not that. Like this is a Linux machine which which can play video games. And let's talk about the video game side of things because that is an important thing to mention. Like Proton, right? Let's talk about Proton for a bit. Let's talk about Linux gaming on Linux, uh, which is I'm sure our audience probably knows better at this point. Um but I as far as I am aware Proton works pretty well. There is a compatibility index of soft of games that run decent. Like a lot of games do run decently. Games that don't run decently are games that have uh, 
DRM, like anti-cheat, sorry. They have the, like, uh, like anti-cheat, like, uh, easy anti-cheat. I, I, as far as I know, easy games that use easy anti-cheat don't, not all of them work. Some of them do, but I, I think as far as I know, a lot of them do not work. Uh, I think a lot of Ubisoft titles don't work either because of, of Ubisoft's DRM. Uh, so there are games that do not work with Proton. So if you are going into this thinking that, hey, I'm going to be able to play everything in my Steam library, be careful with that. Uh, you might want to check the official Valve. The Valve has a like an index uh, database. A couple of DBs. Yeah, there's a community, or community one, and then there's an official one. Yeah, Steam Deck verified. Uh, yeah, there's a Proton DB. There's a Proton database, and there's also like a, a Valve verified. Like Valve is verifying games that you know will will run on it. So if you are buying this, thinking that you can play every game, make sure to check that the games you do play or do want to play actually like work, uh, because this is a Linux machine and it is using compatibility like layer proton to run these games these games the games are not running natively uh most of them anyway. i mean there's some good games that are some on the steam deck well, actually i'm gonna throw in the show notes for if you want to open up as well let me go ahead and put that in here um so you know Elden ring just got verified Elden ring course once again um hitman 3 god of war arc stardew valley hades cuphead unpacking no man's sky horizon zero dawn is verified um sekiro super hot um you know there's there's a lot there Ooh, I wonder. There's a lot of games. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of games. Um, yeah. What's the name of a horny anime game on Steam? You should know. I, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I, why are you asking me? Why should I know? Why am I the one that I... Why are you asking? You're the PC gamer, bro. <laughs> but that doesn't mean I play horny JRPGs or whatever. Like, you're the one who watches... All right. Little Busters is verified. Is that like a horny Japanese game? Is it? Or is it made by Canon? Or is it made by Key? It's made by Key. Oh, it's made by Key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, hold on a minute. How, how is how is Little Busters verified? But if I put Clannad, the superior visual novel, yo, whoever at Valve, because Valve is manually testing these, go fuck yourselves. I'm going to say that right here. Playing through Little Busters first. How about Air? Air is not even ver- Bro, bro. Uh, how about oh Cannon? Come on, Cannon's fire. Oh bro, those, aren't those games like a little old, but they might not like... They're maybe on I'm the a- Steam Deck. I mean, they're on the Steam Store again for PC. Wow. Wow. Of course, Lil Buster's f- freaking deck compatible. You know, it's probably one dude who like has a very strict opinion on what is the best, you know, what is like the best key <laughs> visual novel. Uh, <laughs> there's one guy, there's one guy at Valve who's like a visual novel guy and like he and he's like, you know, you know, Clonad, fuck mm-hmm. that. <laughs> he said he said fuck Clonad. Um yes. so- Oh my god, it's unsupported. Clannad does not run on buy a switch. Clannad has a native switch port. Buy the switch port. Don't buy. Don't, don't buy Steam Deck. Don't Sorry. <laughs> so, so they're like like the Valve official website for the verified games has like four categories of deck compatibility. So, like verified is 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 a game that works like like just like works good, like works great on on the Steam Deck and like right out of the box. And then there is playable, which means that the game uh, may require some like manual tweaking by the user, right? So the custom controller configs or needing to use the touch screen to navigate the launcher, stuff like that. Uh, then there is unsupported, so games that just like don't run, uh, and unknown, which is games that haven't been checked yet, right? So you know, but make sure you you want games to be either be either verified or playable category if you if you if you're like buying this which for whatever games you want to play right uh destiny 2 does not run on this right most games if anti-cheat won't you know fortnite 
Warzone, Apex, it's because, um, I mean, I guess they just, well, Easy Anchi will work. Battle Eye will work. It's just that, like Tim Sweeney said on Twitter, that he just doesn't, validating it is just too much work for his team. So that's why they won't do it. Yeah. Yeah. He, he said that it's not enough. Like, it's not worth, like, uh, Steam Deck is not like a big enough platform for them to care about, uh, care about making, like, stuff like Fortnite compatible. Uh, which is, like, a big deal. Like, Fortnite is one of the biggest games in the world. So, you know, you want to be able to run Fortnite on a device like this. And Fortnite scales very well. So, you know, it's kind of a shame that Fortnite doesn't, does not indeed actually run on this. Uh, that's, that is unfortunate, but that is, that is a side effect of this device running on Linux. Oh, uh, running Linux, uh, is that you, you have these kind of problems and Valve is working on them, but no, there's only so much to. And you might also say, why not install Windows, right? I think it's, there's no, that's it. There's no drivers. You can't, but the drivers, the drivers, there's no drivers. There's no drivers, bro, because it is a custom chip. Uh, the GPUs, like the, the whole, the CPU GPU package here is, is custom, uh, is custom AMD chip. And there are, there are not Windows drivers right now. So, uh, you can install Windows, I'm guessing, but it will probably run like shit, uh, because it's not going to be hardware accelerated or whatever. Uh, so stuff like that is going to, it's gonna, not great. So, uh, what about installing other Linux distros on it? Who's, who's going to be the first person to get, uh, Gen 2 running on this? <laughs> Like who's who's gonna do it? I wanna I wanna I wanna get that like get that person on the podcast to interview them. That would be good. Uh, I, I don't know trust how you feel about about interviewing uh, somebody who who installed Gen two on a Steam Deck, but that would be pretty. That would. Be... Oh my god! I mean, if you can compile, actually, you know, this has enough RAM and the CPU is like fast enough that I can. I'm not saying it's gonna be a good time. It'll be a time. I think the problem is the. I probably the problem is. A problem is, I think, like the heat, like how, like you gotta have to plug it into battery, uh, plug it on on the power rather, and then and then do it. I mean, well, rule one of Gen two is you don't compile Gen two on battery power. Come on, come on, <laughs> somebody out there, somebody, and I don't know if we have any audience members who like run Gen two on their fucking laptop or whatever. Like, but listen, if you have compiled Gen two on your Pinebook Pro on battery and got it to completely su- or successfully complete. At me, I got questions for you. At packet cat at ten forward at social. I got a lot of questions. <laughs> that's okay. So as so the sort of general gist that like I guess we mentioned earlier is that this is a very like it's early days for the software on this, and and the software is changing basically like every every day. Like Valve is releasing like compatibility patches and like fixes for bugs and regressions and, and stuff. It's, it's, it's a, it's a software that's very much in development and active development and in progress to be, to be, to be honest. So it, just be aware that if you are getting this, that's the kind of device you're going to get. This is the first iteration of a new valve hardware product. It's going to be a bit, it's going to be rough. Uh, so that's, 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 I, and you know, what is the good side effect of this is that, Linux gaming on Linux is much much better than we remember uh as it is now than it used to be like 5 6 years ago right uh gaming on Linux is a much uh like it's it's less of a like a joke than it used to be right you know like it be like like 6 years ago like you know you could you could be like gaming on Linux that's yeah that's that's funny uh but but now like gaming on Linux is actually like possibility because of the work that Valve has put in, like significant work in the Proton and the and some of the compatibility layer. So, you know, shout out to 
I guess shout out to Valve, but shout out to Wine as well. You know, Wine is the the ultimate. It it's not an emulator. And <laughs> why it's not an emulator? It's the recursive acronym. Uh, is there anything else we want to say about the Steam Deck? Is there, is there anything else we want to say uh, before we wrap up? I guess. Uh, I I think the last thing I want to say about the Steam Deck is when we say it's a computer, we mean, and I think something we glossed over a little bit, but we mean that you don't just push a button and get a game, right? Like it sometimes can, but nope, it's not a. You can. I mean, it's it, some some of the like the verified games you probably can, but like. Other stuff. It's and also don't expect with a like with a switch you can just hook it up to the TV and get usable performance out of the box because this thing 720p 30 is it is doable for a lot of games but 1080p is when you're pushing it and you don't get an increased performance profile when it's in its dock right uh, right right then- so you can run it full throttle but it's not like you have to you're gonna have to tweak it right you're gonna have to do some optimized settings to really push 1080p and so it is I am excited for the next version of this if Valve ever makes one. Yes, yes, exactly. If, if this, this is the thing. I think people have been wondering if, 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 if unless this. Like, Gabe said he is going to make a second one though in an interview. He said this is going to be a lineup of products. He, he did say it, but like that also, I feel like that also depends if this one like is a complete flop. I don't think it will be, but I think this will have enough, enough success, enough steam behind it. Pardon the pun because it's a steam deck. Enough steam behind it to, to, make a second iteration on on the, like happen right so hopefully that's that's the case because i would like to see a second iteration as well and i would like to see like portable pc gaming become a, a viable option for people who want to play portable games that but don't want to buy a nintendo console you know which which is fair like a lot of people do not want to buy a nintendo console because they don't want to invest in yet another ecosystem right like if you already have a lot of steam games the idea of playing a bunch of those games portably even even with battery constraints is very very appealing right like so that is i hope it's hope it gets well yeah most of these games also too will probably this will run nintendo games better (laughs) than your yes yeah 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 probably run hades better than the switch can actually now that i'm thinking about it uh so so you know if you want to play Hades on a portable machine, uh, I mean, get the Switch probably, honestly. <laughs> like, it's, still, it's this. I mean, you can't even buy this. It seems to be sold out through the year. Yeah, you can buy it. You can, it's, it's sold out for a year. You can't buy this. If, if you pre order this, like, it's it's not it's not available uh, immediately. So you cannot impulse buy it. I know I've been tempted. Like, I don't I don't need it. I don't I don't have any need or use for this device. But I, you know, the gadget nerd in me is like, hey, this is the cool device. It runs Linux. You know, you can install server stuff on it, probably, and run servers on it. You know, put it in, put it on a dock, and it connects to Ethernet, and you can run a server on it. You know, uh, it would be. So what I'm hearing is, by the end of the year, Sadek's going to have a Steam Deck. <laughs> if, he, if one is available, if like one's available and ready to ship within the week, he's probably going to buy it. That's what I'm he's hearing. Probably- <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, Steam Deck. Uh, there's going to be a bunch of reviews. There's a bunch of reviews. You can read those, watch those, you know, uh, lots of reviews out there. Uh, show notes, as always, on twoshadesofbrown.com. You can email us at contact at twoshadesofbrown.com and tell us if you are getting a Steam Deck and if you're a Linux nerd, uh, what are you? Pl- if you're planning on doing something cool with it, let us know. Uh, you can find me on, on Mastodon at PackerCan at 10.4.social. Don't add me about how XFCE is pronounced. I don't care. Uh, but otherwise, you know, feel free to add me. 
Uh, and also my website, sonicsafe.com and show some way to people, where do people get annoyed at you online? I've been thinking a lot recently. <laughs> yeah. About how a lot of machines are RAM constrained, you know, you know, you think about it like low RAM usage, you know, I think nowadays after now that I work more of computers, like in, in like a support fashion for my day job, I think you're right when, when you say that 16 gigabytes is, is really, you know, anything below that's criminal. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm more of that opinion nowadays. Um, that's all I wanted to share. I don't have a bit. Uh, chose to find at shitter.xyz. Chose to find on Twitter. Uh, my website, I don't know if I paid for it, so I don't know if it's up right now. But yeah, until next time. Yeah. Bye. Bye.